0: Take out, all, take out all the dead air, which is
1: pretty much <laughs> all. Himself. Yeah, then, then we just don't have a podcast.
0: <laughs> you are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode three, recorded Saturday, March 26, twenty sixteen. Today we talk about the deprecation of intr a tool to turn your Postgres database into API endpoints, and the struggle the Node community had this past week. We also touched on a couple of other great podcasts to listen to. Let's get started. Hey, Gary.
1: Hey, what's up, Frank?
0: <laughs> you remember my thought name? He, was gonna,
1: he thought he was going to get me. Yeah, I, I did.
0: I did. Th- I, I was hoping I would get you. I'm still a little bitter from last week. You didn't remember my oh, name.
1: Oh, uh-oh. I'm sorry.
0: It's okay. I, I just won't let you forget it anytime soon. Son of a bitch.
1: That button has weird side effects. You are a dick. <laughs> <Mel>. <laughs> I hit the wrong button on my mouse and it went back instead of nothing. It I'm, went, I'm.
0: It went back?
1: Yeah, because we're in the browser chatting, so it just hung up. <laughs> Welcome to PHP Ugly. As you can see, we're becoming quite the experts at this. Don't cry. Oh No,
0: I just I love the way you did that, but they won't get it because the the audio won't see that the stream drops. So. That's
1: fine. It's a visual gag in a podcast, you know, like all the podcasts do.
0: Oh man, I'm going to have to be editing a lot this time, aren't
1: I? Yeah, I'm trying to make your job as hard as possible. We're going to go for a, a, a brisk thirty minutes here, so
0: that is the goal
1: try and cut this down to a listenable amount of time.
0: That's right. I'm gonna start I'm gonna start a timer. I'm starting a timer. Let me see where we got. Oh we got I mean a stop don't I have like a stopwatch thing on this thing here?
1: Shouldn't there there should be like an on screen timer app.
0: Sure there is. Yeah This doesn't even have a stopwatch. Alright I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with one hour and thirty minutes and well no, Wonder we'll no how, how long we run over. Clock's a ticking. What would you like to talk about this week?
1: I saw my favorite ever RFC today. The mcrypt viking funeral RFC.
0: Oh, tell me, tell me more.
1: <clears throat> well, mcrypt has long been deprecated. It's you're not supposed to use it. It is not the the proper way of doing encryption anymore and it, it hasn't been for a while. Uh, so there is a RFC to officially pull support out of PHP 7.1, uh, which is the future version. Uh, this RFC got approval, and there is a patch, which means that, yeah, when you see 7.1, uh, it's not going to have encrypt, which is a a massive backward compatibility break for a lot of people who are doing things the wrong way, but that is a really good thing.
0: But, but... Are are you saying they're not even going to deprecate
1: it? It has been deprecated.
0: Oh, it, so it's it's already in a deprecated state.
1: By my understanding, yes. I think five five saw it get deprecated. Maybe okay. you know. Maybe I'm wrong here. Seven one all m crypt star functions will raise e deprecated notice.
0: Ah, and I'm wrong. Very important distinction there.
1: So it will be getting the deprecated flag and will be removed after 7.1 at some time. Sounds like uh, it's
0: about time.
1: Yeah, you know, get rid of the old security vulnerabilities things like global So inclusion. what should
0: be what should people be using instead of encrypt?
1: Uh boy, I know I had a presentation on this. Uh Bcrypt is that not the one? I believe so. Yeah, uh, I believe sig- that's what
0: all the young hip kids are doing these days.
1: The the significantly differently named Bcrypt is the secure one, and Mcrypt is the one that nobody should ever use ever.
0: <laughs> Did you hear about what happened in the node world with MPM? Yeah. How yeah, crazy boy, is that? Yeah, boy, was that
1: that that was a uh, a fun day for all the PHP people to point
0: and laugh. <laughs> so. We talked about this with, uh, we, we had a similar topic last week when we talked about, you know, the potential of something like Git, GitHub going away, right? hmm uh, What do you think the exposure to the PHP world is uh, with something like, I mean, let, let's say a, a very important package like Guzzle, they decided to pull that down, or Carbon, or one of these packages that's just become a staple on, Every Everybody who who does a Composer install, you know, it's probably one of the top packages they go and grab because it makes life so easy.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're going to see uh, a tool flow down. So you're going to see NPM sort of address this kind of issue by having a store your important components remotely system. Uh, something to take the hands... The, the the creator's hands off of it so that if something is really important, it can't just be pulled, um, at least not pulled locally from you. Uh, and then I think we'll we'll see tools with similar functionality start coming out into PHP and you know potentially changes in packages and how Composer handles things. Um, you know Composer is a very active project, and it it wouldn't surprise me to see Composer add some sort of offline backup functionality. To your composer lock file.
0: Right. And anybody who isn't aware of what happened, and I, I don't know how you wouldn't be, it was on every Twitter stream, every outlet that had a discussion on development uh, touched on this. But you know, my understanding is one of the maintainers of quite a few packages in NPM became dissatisfied with a, a ruling that. Had come down essentially against him. Uh, there was a company out that had this that wanted to occupy the same namespace that he was using, and he was actually using that company's name for one of his packages. And yeah, this and that, and the other thing. And the NPM group sided with the company, and he decides that's it, I'm pulling all my packages out of NPM. He had some very key packages that, I guess, are, are used by a lot of people, and just everything yeah, the, just the,
1: broke. The really big one was this string pad left command that he had written that was 11 lines, and everyone seemed to be making a big deal about, oh, 11 lines of code broke everything, 11 lines of code broke everything. And it's like, who cares how many lines of code it was? It, that it is could be, the It problem. could be one freaking character if it's placed right. correctly. <laughs> Right. I mean, it doesn't matter how many lines of code it was, or or who it was, or why they they had their reason to pull the code. The problem is, we're all relying on people publishing code who have the, the privileges to unpublish the code at any time. That's the that's the problem that we have to address. Not 11 lines of code from one guy who may or not may or may not be a jerk and got in a fight with a company who may or may not have been nice enough about things. It's a... That's that's arguing the wrong stuff, you know. The real thing to be arguing about is: is this okay to have the freedom to unpublish your code if you don't like people using it?
0: Yeah, I totally. And this is
1: It's an older fight than people people think, you know. With things like Emacs and XEmacs and why they diverged and what code differences there are between those two systems. You know, everyone wants perfect control of their code, but then they release an open source project, and it gets taken over by someone else or branches, and no one uses the the original branch in the first place. Uh, this kind of stuff happens, and we got to figure out as a community, since we're relying on our software, how are we going to deal with it?
0: Yep, I agree. This sort of we 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 live in a different world. I, I mean, being open source. Uh, and sharing has always been around but we within the last three four years have taken it to a whole new level we, we don't only share code but we're dependent on it now uh, we deploy applications that absolutely require that that shared code be there it's just and it's a good thing i mean it's fantastic i, I point out the packages i use on composer again like Guzzle and, and Carbon and they've made my job so much easier. Sure, every now and then I hit I hit a little hiccup. Guzzle changes their APIs. I have to log to their site. They typically always have great documentation. You find the changes they made, like them or not, you use them. If if they make changes that you really don't care for, you find another package or you build your own. But. The simple fact that it's just just using the the way the way these platforms, PHP, Node, uh Ruby, this uh ecosystem that they've developed where it's just so easy now to share code and just take such a burden off the the mundane development task of doing the same thing over and over, these little functions on how you wanna handle the date or how you wanna make URL calls. And just standardizing on some really good written core code on that—it's just been fantastic. The benefits far outweigh the, uh, the the problems, the drawbacks.
1: Yeah, and you know, but there's there's another issue too, is that you know, if someone says, "Well, I'll, okay, I can take the name over and republish his code," then does he have a right to complain about his code being republished? I mean, there yeah. there were a number of issues that were brought up in the whole the whole fiasco, and thankfully it didn't happen to PHP because we already have enough people making fun of us and pointing. <laughs> but, I mean, I've had times where I really needed to get something running and my composer calls to GitHub were failing for too many retries or something like that, you know. And fortunately, GitHub has relaxed that uh, that rate limiting, but now, you know, we're we're still dependent on things that we kind of don't think we're dependent on
0: or 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 we forget how how dependent we are on them or and how core they are to the success of our own application. Yeah. Cuz I mean really it's one line in composer. It's like why would I ever think this one line of composer would ever bring down my my application. You forget what all is behind that one line in composer.
1: Yeah, and that's more of an issue with npm, uh, you know, this this string pad left functionality isn't inherent to javascript. So you know they there were a lot of lower level things that were relying on this functionality than you'll often see in the PHP world mm-hmm. uh PHP has a c- pretty complete you know uh engine behind it instead of having sort of a half done engine behind it <laughs> no offense to the node people but there's a lot of things that PHP does out of the box that node just doesn't do or care about um, and that that gets built as packages that people end up relying on that are not being maintained by the the node group
0: very true so i'm a big api guy i love for for me i know you're you're sort of in the same boat as i am we're back end developers we're true back end developers i right i have complete envy to anybody who can Design, code, and implement a front end of a web page because I can't do it. I'm
1: I'm not. I'm not envious in the slightest bit. They can. (laughs) They can knock themselves out. I just don't want to touch it. This is true. You spend a half an hour moving one pixel. You know that one pixel is gonna screw up on a different version of a browser. And I'm sorry. You know you're stuck with the worst job in the world. But that pixel's all yours, buddy.
0: (laughs) So the world of APIs. Has just been a godsend. I, I love APIs. I love writing them. I love consuming them. Best thing. Best thing ever. I, I can't. I can't be happier.
1: I, I feel the same about IPAs.
0: <laughs>
1: just love consuming them.
0: What are you drinking?
1: I'm drinking a Lagunitas IPA. This is easily my favorite beer. Oh really? Oh yes.
0: I'm. I'm. I'm your Guinness guy. I got, got my Guinness porn right now here. I don't know if you can hear that. I can't hear that.
1: Yeah, and then in a half hour you can drink it.
0: You know good things <laughs> come to those who wait.
1: Yes, but IPAs come to me now.
0: I'm about to break open the scotch. So
1: let's say <clears throat> let's say you have a Postgres database and you you need an API for it. Uh, I really wish there was a tool out there that could just quickly throw something together
0: wouldn 't be nice just to be able to run some command in front of your Postgres database that will generate apis for you well, what do you know there is <laughs> really well according to this according article, to my
1: show notes there there isn't
0: no no did I, did I read the article incorrectly
1: oh god that's not my show notes that's playboy god damn that's it. my that's my fault. <laughs> I've been on there for a half hour now
0: no uh there's a there's a great article just came across my uh Twitter feed today uh about this tool called uh, i'm gonna i don't even know how to pronounce it it's post-rest or post-grest, post rest or Rest post postgres and uh, apparently I haven't played with it I haven't read through the article. Twice yet to really make sure I am comprehending what it's doing, but if I'm understanding correctly, this is um, sort of a, uh, a service that you run uh, in conjunction with a with a, an existing Postgres database that will turn the the Postgres database calls into API endpoints. Seems super cool.
1: It does. It seems like that's something we should be able to integrate. Quickly into eloquent and just have a nice Laravel CRUD environment in one second.
0: So I would I, I would I would challenge you on that because with eloquent I mean by default eloquent returns uh, JSON. So I mean, isn't eloquent kind of the same thing? Kinda. So take
1: take eloquent, wrap it in some uh, some restful routes and controllers. We can do this.
0: I mean, I do it every day. So I, I think I think the purpose of a tool like this would to, to be even to remove that that layer, the the layer of you know, the application layer so that you could make calls directly to the database as API calls.
1: I thought you were talking about the developer layer, if we can just get rid of us.
0: Yeah. There, there like have been attempts. There. If there you've
1: ever been. experienced if you've ever experienced the language Lisp uh, there have been many, many, many attempts in Lisp to replace developers with computers. Yeah, but either, this is either... also
0: listen. I'm trying mm. to stay on topic here. Pay attention.
1: I'm not. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. This
0: is not the first attempt at, at this. Uh, I, I have recently fallen head over heels over uh, Firebase Firebase IO. I don't know if you if you're familiar I... with that.
1: I have not seen this one specifically.
0: So it's, uh, I mean, I guess it's a little different since it's not a relational database like Postgres is. Uh, and this is this is designed to be a API-driven database, but it's super cool. Uh, the, the user group feeds that we, we pull in now on when the next user group meetup is is coming from a Firebase I.O. database where you actually make a call to a URL endpoint that pulls the data directly out of the database in JSON format. Hmm. So cool! It's very slick. I would, I would strongly recommend checking it out if you haven't looked at. It. And, and there's a few, there, there's a few data set solutions out there like that. Uh, the other one I'm, I'm a big fan of. So F- Firebase IO is a hosted solution. Uh, one you can do yourself is called Rethink DB, which I'm also a really big fan of. Uh, The cool thing about RethinkDB is, oh, and I'm trying to remember what they called it, but they have this ability to watch data, and, you know, essentially when the data changes, it it sends you that change, and I can't can't remember what what the actual uh, naming of that is, but it's basically just kind of a um, real-time data feed sort of thing. Uh, It's super cool. Uh, RethinkDB is another really cool one. So. Excellent. Yeah, check that
1: stuff Going further in the news, we've got uh, Codeception 2.2 beta out, and uh, there's a lot of very interesting uh, BDD testing stuff going on in that world. Uh, a lot of new features and functionality for creating uh, test stories that run through, you know, all your all your code and do the work and tell you if it worked out or not. Uh, as a person who's always really been interested in doing testing but never worked for anyone who's willing to pay for it, I might just actually have to try this one out and uh, and see what it can handle.
0: That's very cool. I have played with Codeception before. I, I I've actually written tests in Codeception. I like it. It's it's very easy to write tests. Very, very straightforward. Now, have you used any of the Laravel built-in Testing stuff.
1: You know what? I haven't. Uh, I definitely need to be getting on my on my testing a lot more than I already am, and that's that's going to be part of a big project I'm working on coming up. So, fortunately, someone will be uh, paying for me to learn. Yeah, that's
0: that, <laughs> yeah that w- that would be good. But Codeception is definitely a player. I I like I, the just the ease of it. Um, it's just very easy to read. But again, this is this is more this is more acceptance testing, though, right? Do they ha- they also have unit testing and yeah, yeah? you know,
1: there's 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 BDD. Uh, there's let's see, Gherkin support is the big new feature in 2.2 beta, which allows for business requirements with functional testing. So, some interesting functionality there.
0: And they have some sort of integration with Selenium, if I remember correctly, because I, I I've used yeah. that before, yeah.
1: Yeah, I do hate Selenium though. Why that is that? I... Uh, uh, just because I've used it before, and <laughs> I, I I had to use it to take apart some sites that were just a nightmare to deal with. Uh, you know, I wasn't using it in, in for its intended purpose, which was to test your own code. <laughs> I was using it to extract data from someone else's website, so an unpleasant experience.
0: So I got exciting news. Ooh. Guess what? What? We're on iTunes, baby.
1: Oh nice. Yes. So now we get to be we get to ask everyone to rate our show and subscribe to our feed.
0: I I don't know if emotionally I can handle that yet.
1: I can. I'll shill. <laughs> I've got no problem shilling.
0: Yes, we are on iTunes under PHP ugly, which is yes. very cool. We also changed our SoundCloud uh, address and so now it's just soundcloud.com slash php ugly there are things happening my friend
1: is that addressed specifically to our our close friends who have listened to the podcast the two of them
0: in my parents
1: oh they listen now That's hell good. no
0: you crazy don't listen <laughs> I have no idea what the hell we're talking about <laughs> it's a what cast did you break <laughs> something how did you break your pod I mentioned to you last week, I'm a big podcast listener. You said you're not so much. Do you think that would change? I used to
1: be. I used yeah. to be. I, you know, I'm still not a, a huge podcast listener. I've got some in my regular rotation, but man, YouTube, it's just hard to compete with.
0: I'll tell you what, my, my podcast listening regiment is getting quite full. I, I've actually had to demote a couple of PHP podcasts because... I listen to I listen to podcasts that aren't PHP specific. Um, I listen to a lot of uh, Rails podcasts, actually. Uh, oh. Yeah, just uh, some good conversations on there. I like to hear what the what the other team is working on. So those those are good. I listen to Python, uh, well, one Python podcast, uh, talk Python to me podcast, and that's just that's just me scratching an old itch. Um, well.
1: <laughs> that's that's just to bother the dog.
0: <laughs> I listen to a few Linux podcasts. Jupiter po- po- podcasting our uh, Jupiter broadcast has some great uh, open source podcasts. They have Co- Coder Radio, uh, the Linux Podcast, Linux Unplugged Podcast, Linux Action Show. They have quite a few, but but I definitely have my core rotation of podcasts that. You know the moment they're released, I listen to. I mean, PHP Ra- Roundtable with Sammy Kay is one of those. That podcast with Bo and Dave, and it's funny because one of those guys is from is very American, although he's now moved to uh, England, and the other is very English. And <clears throat> I see their images. I'm still not sure which one is which, but uh, that's a great podcast. Loosely coupled podcast. Uh, is out there with uh, Jeff and Matt. Um, that's that's found its way back into my rotation. I listened to it for a while and then stopped listening to it, but it's it's found its way back into my rotation. Voices of the Elephant, of course. If if you're in the PHP community, everybody knows Cal Evans. I mean, the guy is the godfather of the PHP community, and he has a quick uh, podcast that's only like ten, fifteen minutes where he talks to key people in the PHP community. Always, always have to listen to that one.
1: So what you're saying is if this podcast isn't cutting it for you, there are many far superior podcasts you could what be listening I, to.
0: What I'm trying to explain to you is I have difficulty finding time to listen to our podcast because there's so many other good ones out there. I haven't even finished my list yet.
1: I, um, I know. I was trying to stop you from doing that. I
0: mean, there's Full Stack <laughs> with Adam. The, the, guy is a, the guy is a fantastic developer. Uh, Full Stack Radio, you've got to listen to that one. And then there's the Lairville podcast. There are several Lairville podcasts Lairville News podcast, the Lairville podcast. But I digress. There's a lot all these, of them. All
1: these options available for anyone who wants to get off of our podcast.
0: It, it bears the question what the hell are we doing? The market um, is crowded.
1: I believe we're enjoying some fine beers on uh, Google Hangouts. Yeah. Is that, is that, a, is that a crime?
0: Yeah, you know, at some point we're going to get the stream working. I blame you for tonight.
1: Uh, you know I'm an easy person to blame. That's half my job at my regular day job. <laughs> so we're Tom tw- did it.
0: We're, we're, we're a little over twenty minutes in.
1: Oh, 20 minutes in! God, we have got to move quick.
0: What else do now, we have like to talk about? We
1: tried out we tried out Wire because you're such an enthusiast for for this budding new technology of online online video chat <laughs>
0: so did you take some time to look into it and get your head around what it is
1: Oh God no I just installed it and ran re- first off it's 40 gig. it's 40 megs it's a 40 meg download which to me if it all it does is video chat that seems big so what are they sneaking in to to overthrow my system
0: so cynical Jesus yeah
1: and you know what here it even has the skype thing where if you click the close button on it the window doesn't close, it just minifies.
0: Well, it's from the same guys that did Skype, so obviously they have the same thought yeah, process. that's the problem. But the it's, quality, the quality was there, man. You can't deny that.
1: Yeah, it looked very nice. The, the conversation that I had with you suffered in quality, but the video was very, very nice. Yeah, that's pretty uh, common, though. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be end-to-end encrypted, uh, which you didn't believe because it was so nice and smooth and streaming, and your your poor little uh, Mac laptop wasn't coughing fits. Ah,
0: my, my poor little Mac laptop! It overheats just so quickly. I, I need to replace it. So I was telling you, I was telling you earlier, and then I I stopped myself. How much time do we have? I'll be quick here.
1: Well, we still got forty minutes.
0: <laughs> I was telling you earlier when I bought this uh, laptop, I had done so because I had decided to go the route of the consultant. I was going to be my own man. I was gonna, I was gonna make my own money. I was gonna work for one company anymore. And as a result, I had to buy my own hardware. And when it came down to that, I was super stressed about support because I knew if I didn't have my laptop, I wasn't going to make money. And sure. Always had so much luck with Apple Care, and, and I'm not being funny. Apple Care has just—it's got to be one of the best products that Apple has—is Apple Care. So I decided to go with the Mac laptop, and I, I'm not—I'm not regretting it. I mean, I, I'm an open source guy. I've always said I'm an open source guy, but I'm also perfectly fine paying for things that I need to pay for. Um, so I did that. Very happy with it. It's been a solid machine, but it's—it's it's older now. It's five years older maybe a little older. And it's it's suffering a few issues and the, the biggest issue is that it has a tendency to overheat. So I
1: wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's a minor issue either. I mean, you have quite the rig set up to prevent it from overheating.
0: <laughs> Do you like that? Yeah. I have I, mean, this, I have the same thing set up at the Diego dev office. I have a I have a, a John, my partner Diego dev had, had a desk fan, so when I'm there the desk fan is actually blowing on my laptop so. That's...
1: Now, was that an AppleCare provided desk fan or did you have to
0: <laughs> I put an Apple sticker on it. How's that?
1: Yeah, where did the where did the AppleCare fail you in this uh transaction well, well, here because you're you're touting it as being so great but your 5-year-old laptop uh, burns a hole through a desk.
0: Well, AppleCare only goes 3 years, buddy. It's not the lifetime ah, of the laptop. So it's, this, gotcha. this laptop is out of Apple. Well, no,
1: it is, it is the lifetime of the laptop. That's why it's exactly three years. <laughs> Planned obsolescence, my friend.
0: So I, I'm, I'm flirting with the idea of, of getting a new laptop. Now I'm, I'm still in the same position, right? I, I still I, I have a, a, a little company now, but I'm still, if my laptop's down... I'm not necessarily making money anymore, um, but sure. now there there seems to be a few better options out there. I mean, Dell's always had an option, and the couple friends I've had that that, that I've tried used it. One one guy swore by it; he loved it. He said, "This is back in the tower day when he had a, he had a big tower under his desk, and so, something had gone. I think the hard drive had gone bad. Next day, there was a Dell technician at his house, replaced it." But of recent years, I haven't gotten that same warm, fuzzy. But there's a, an exception to this r- rule. Or not an exception. There is there is another company that I'm very curious in. Uh, the System76 guys
1: who... Right now, these guys are specifically Linux laptop machines. They are just Linux guys. They, and uh,
0: that's important because they're building these machines from the ground up with Linux in mind. So it's not like... Dell where they're building a Windows machine that you can run Linux on. These guys are building Linux machines.
1: Yeah. And I think if you put a Windows disk in there, it just shoots it right back out. It's a direct rejection of, of anything Windows. You know, I, I haven't used their systems. I, I run uh, a ThinkPad and, you know, the, the cult of Apple is pretty massive, but there is a cult of ThinkPad. There oh, is a group of, of people... Yeah. And and I it's re- it's it's rightfully so. This is one of the most robust devices I've owned. Uh I don't have the the liquid through the keyboard type device. It's just a standard ThinkPad, but man, it is I- you feel the quality of the construction when you you hold it and it's nice. It's never failed me in the slightest bit. It's Now, I'm also running a two computer solution. Mm-hmm. I have a desktop computer uh... which is running windows that i have one monitor on and then i have the laptop with a dock running to other monitors and i'm using uh... software called synergy to unite the keyboard and mouse between all the devices so i can just freely move my mouse from my windows machine to my linux machine and back and forth i can even copy and paste between the two machines you know without any kind of hassle whatsoever it's you wouldn't know that these are two separate machines unless you were uh, some kind of computer Person, you know, if you knew that I was running Linux on one side and then Windows on the other, you could you could tell. But my parents wouldn't be able to hop onto this computer and know that there was anything other than one machine running the whole show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, and and it's it's worked out very nicely for me. You know, I keep my my stuff that I run personally on my Windows machine, and my work stuff all goes on my Linux machine, and it is snappy. I mean, I have a pretty good desktop. But this laptop blows it away. And, and how, it's o- it's how th- old is that laptop? It's a three-year-old laptop now. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been trooping right along. I've never had any problems whatsoever. Uh, Linux included. I'm running Ubuntu on this machine. And no compatibility issues. No problems what, whatsoever. You yeah. know, I, th- I think the, the days of laptops having su- trouble support on Linux are kind of over.
0: Yeah, I'm real close. I'm real close to a System76 machine. I I, I have no, I have no concerns about running a a Linux desktop. Every, every tool I use, I can use on Linux. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. And System76 offers support now. Uh, I'm not sure how that support plays out. Like if I have a problem with my machine, do I have to mail it back to them? I mean, what does that look like? Uh, I need to look into that a little bit more, but uh, it's a very appealing-looking solution. I, I may have to give it a try.
1: You should do what I do and uh, spend your kid's college fund on uh, as many computer parts as you want.
0: <laughs> yeah, the problem is my kids are g- going to college like in a few months, so...
1: Yeah, so quickly, quickly, spend it fast. <laughs> If you if you plan it right, you can get them moved out to college, and then you can move homes, and then when they come back home because the bills weren't getting paid, you're just not there. It's some <laughs> other family, like like in Back to the Future.
0: Uh, all right. I think I think we're a little over thirty minutes. We're gonna wrap. Are we this calling?
1: Up? Are we calling that a show? No, we've got we've got five more minutes when you edit it down.
0: Take out all take out all the dead air. <laughs> Which is pretty much
1: all. <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> yeah, then, then we just don't have a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's there's about 18 minutes of bottles popping in the background that you're gonna hear. See, if you Get the raw cut.
0: Now, now it has to end. The music's playing. The, the bumper music. The lead oh
1: God, playing. he's gone insane again. There's no music playing. You know that, right?
0: It's going to be there in post, dude. Work with <laughs> me. Theater it, of the okay, mind. No. Yeah, theater.
1: All right, thank you everyone for listening. This has been uh, yet another uh, spectacular episode. Another waste of of your time. Another, (laughs) yeah, you can kiss that half hour. Goodbye. Thanks everybody for listening. All right, thank you everybody, and have a a good rest of your dog walk.
0: (laughs) Bye, Felicia. Thank you for listening to the PHP Ugly podcast. PHP Ugly can be found on Twitter at PHP Ugly. You can also follow the host, Tom Rideout, on Twitter at RealRideout. And myself, Eric Van Johnson, on Twitter at Showcom. That's spelled S-H-O-C-M. See you next week.